I listened to Joe Biden's State of the Union speech so you wouldn't have to. I break it down next on the Random Thoughts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 177 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, we're going to be breaking down President Biden's State of the Union speech. We do this so you don't have to listen to it. I listen to every minute of it, and I have to say... Right off the bat, I was very surprised that Joe kept the energy going through the whole speech. So that part, I'll give him some credit for. But man, does Joe have a tendency to speak really, really fast? And then they're throwing the words a little bit. Maybe you don't really know what they're Ukrainian. And he says Iranian sometimes when he means Ukrainian. And he confused some people with that. It is a bad sign that Joe is not able to speak eloquently i understand it's a sign of age but it's also possibly a sign of a little bit more with joe losing his facilities and that is a huge negative when he is the leader of the free world now the state of the union i don't think there were any surprises here i don't think joe changed anybody's mind here on anything i'm not sure joe is aware of his current poll numbers between either party the republican or the democrats that respond to these polls people are not happy with the job that president biden has been doing He said in the speech that freedom will always triumph over tyranny. And a lot of people saw in that Joe Biden trying to force people to take a vaccination in order to keep their job. They did it with the military. They did that with other federal jobs. And I'm not too sure that people don't see that as tyranny, Joe. When you're forcing a public to do something, when you're forcing your citizens to do something in order to remain employed, that seems like tyranny. Of course, I don't think it was lost on anybody with half a brain. So, hey, Joe may be excluded that the CDC changed all of the guidelines like the day before the State of the Union, which meant while we still had a non-full chamber for the speech a vast majority of the people were not wearing masks going out in public i noticed people around here not really wearing masks not worried about it i'll go into a store i went into the barber the other day i put the mask on just because you're not sure what you're going to get when you go inside but the minute i walked into the barber and nobody was wearing masks, I was like, hey, I feel a little bit better now. And I love talking to my barber, Bill. He had COVID in the first wave, and 
it was very mild for him. Even though he told me he was a diabetic who takes four or five shots a day, so the comorbidities were there. But he had the Rona the first go-round. He said it was like a cold, didn't have any of the severe symptoms. And since then, nothing. Has not gotten a reinfection. He has not gotten vaccinated because he understands. Having the original OG Rona should have given his immune system what it needs. And he's been fine. Again, this is a lot of the stuff that's going to go on. And the scientists maybe will figure out why some people got very mild cases and others got really hit hard. Does Joe know any of this? I don't know. Because he may tell you that freedom will always triumph over tyranny, but he was trying to vaccinate a lot of people who had already had COVID as well in order for them to keep their jobs. One of the things in the speech that really stuck out to me was right on the heels of the last Random Thoughts episode that we did, which was about the girl on TikTok who had the stalker show up at her house with a shotgun and blow his way inside. Luckily, her father was able to kill the guy, get rid of the threat. But Joe Biden talked briefly about the harms of social media, saying, quote, we must hold social media platforms accountable for the national experiment they're conducting on our children for profit. Now, I'm intrigued by the wording here because he could have just stopped with, we must hold our uh, social media platforms accountable for the national experiment they're conducting on our children. But he added for profit. Is that worse? Is that better when something's being done for profit? If they're doing a national experiment on our children, that is horrible, Joe. Why adding the for profit thing? Are you just mad you're not seeing enough of that money? I don't know. It just seemed like a weird thing to add into that. And also talking about social media. Overall, a group of people and companies working for these uh, companies, rather the people that work for these companies. Hey, I'm starting to speak incoherently like Joe Biden are very, very much. On the left, they're very much supporting Joe Biden. They're very much supporting the Democrat Party. And Joe is now turning his sights on them, as we predicted here, I believe, a few different times. He says it's time to strengthen privacy protections, ban targeted advertising to children, demand tech companies stop collecting personal data on our children. I would like to demand that the tech companies stop collecting personal data on everybody, Mr. President. And you run into all of the same problems that have been discussed a lot of times already, which is you can say we're going to ban targeted advertising on children. We're going to do anything online trying to separate children out from the rest of the world. Everybody that's over whatever magical age, they become not children anymore in the eyes of Joe Biden. And we'll learn that there's a lot of people, Mr. President, believe it or not. If there is a minimum age on whatever the platform is, and I'm not sure exactly what they are, 
on the different platforms. But let's just say if the minimum age on TikTok is, hey, you have to be 13 to get an account and a kid's 11, they're smart enough to lie, Mr. President. So then how do you enforce this if you have a 10-year-old or a 9-year-old or a 5-year-old gets online and says they're 15, 18, whatever they may want to say? Well, you can't enforce anything. The only thing you can put into place is a law that goes by, if they say this, then you have to do this. But the reality is, children, like all people, lie when they're online, especially they lie. If you tell them they have to be 18 to get a TikTok account, then they'll say they're 18. But Joe Biden turning on the social media folks that have done nothing but push their party line, banning Donald Trump from Facebook and Twitter and others to go that route that social media is causing damage to our children, which I don't doubt that social media is, but if you've listened to any of my Random Thoughts podcasts, you know that I will put the blame squarely on the laps of the parents in all of those cases who give their children devices and set them off to do whatever they want. The internet is not Disney World, and hell, even Disney World isn't Disney World anymore. The world is a dangerous place. This concept that the internet has to be something that is safe for children of all ages, not going to happen. The world is not safe for children of all ages. Parents have a responsibility. And if your kid is constantly on their phone or their laptop or their tablet or whatever it is, and they're involved with social media, then you might want to get involved and find out what's going on. Because as I pointed out before, I think a lot of parents just think, oh, little Jimmy, he's just talking to his friends. No, there's a lot more people on the internet, believe it or not. So that was very interesting to me. And I'm not sure how. The social media giants are taking this that in this speech on the State of the Union, President Biden is pointing out the harms of social media. I mean, maybe since they've helped President Biden censor all of his enemies, maybe they now have no use to Joe Biden. He's just going to shut him down. We'll see. That's going to be interesting to me. Of course, there was a lot of talk on Russia and Ukraine which I understand why there had to be some. It is the big story right now. It's one that I am not convinced on the true origins or the true reasons behind so much of what's going on. And this seemed to me to just be low-hanging fruit where Joe Biden could appear to be strong even though he's really not doing anything. He can appear to be strong. He can say some really big words. And a lot of people who aren't paying attention might go, oh, yeah, Joe Biden, he's helping out those Ukrainians who are just the poor victims here. I think the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia are both victims. They each have a very corrupt government who is uh, involved in a lot of things that most people would not be okay with. 
we have to also go, you know, there was all of that Hunter Biden stuff with Ukraine. Remember, Trump was targeted for talking to Zelensky in Ukraine, having a call saying, you know, if you have any information on these crimes that Hunter Biden may or may not have committed, I would love that information. Everybody went nuts that, oh, he's trying to do something wrong. How dare Trump ask? He's trying to pressure this guy. He's trying to blackmail him. He's trying to coerce him into doing all these things. As we cover here on the Random Thoughts podcast, did you know the country of Ukraine and the country of the United States together have a treaty to share such information? Oh, the mainstream media never mentioned that. But the Hunter Biden and Biden family connection to Ukraine with Ukraine being at the center of this. And if you haven't been following along close enough, Russia claims Ukraine the aggressor. Ukraine, of course, and the world right now is claiming Russia the aggressor. Is either one of those 100% true? I don't know. Is there a lot of gray areas involved? Probably. Do I have enough information? No, but the questions are there. Because of Hunter Biden, because of millions of dollars from Ukraine going into Joe Biden's pocket before all of this stuff started, it's a very interesting case when you put everything together, and that'll be interesting to follow. But Joe Biden also claimed that the American Rescue Plan worked. And as far as the fact-checking here, he's not 100% wrong. That helped some people getting money to keep food on the table during the early part of the COVID pandemic. What is not being mentioned by Joe Biden, though, is the fact that this was a Band-Aid that, while it may have done some good in the short term, in that very temporary term, As we are getting further and further away from it, we're starting to realize the damage that was done by putting this Band-Aid into place. A lot of people, it seemed, didn't go to work because the government was giving them more money to stay at home, which caused the downfall of many small businesses who still cannot find people to man the jobs that they need done. It set the current inflation, which is the worst it's been in 40 or so years, it set that into motion. Among other things, again, this is not a simple topic. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but there's no question that the American Rescue Plan, while it did some good in the short term, has also done damage in the long term. And of course, Joe Biden blamed Trump's tax cuts, saying again, of course, that the rich, those horrible rich people, you know, the ones that own the businesses that employ a vast majority of the people in the country, those people just aren't paying their fair share. And this is something that has been echoed for years and years and years. I remember seeing a video, which I'm sure is still on YouTube years ago, about what would happen if you were to actually take not just the income of the top 1% or whatever it is, but to take everything 
that they own, everything that they have, it would still not pay for what the government is spending. So it's not an answer. It is not a legitimate thing. It's something that politicians on both sides of the aisle point to rather than, you know, having a balanced budget. Something that you and I have to do. If your family spends more money than it brings in, you go into debt. And at some point, if you have so much debt, people are just not willing to continue to float you. And then you're in a lot of trouble. The government keeps getting floated here in the United States. They keep printing more money. They keep spending more money. That is not a reasonable way to have a budget. But we're going to blame Trump for his tax cuts, saying that the rich weren't paying their fair share. I saw a tweet from Andy Pudzer, P-U-D-Z-E-R, on Twitter, senior fellow at Pepperdine University that said Biden lied. In 2018, following the passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the top 1% paid more in income taxes than the bottom 90% of taxpayers combined. Sounds like their fair share, says Mr. Pudzer. And I agree with him. We have to be rational. I mean, it's nice to point to Jeff Bezos and say, hey, pay more, man. You got a lot of money. But the reality is the richest people in this country are paying for a vast majority of the things that you get. 1% paid more than the bottom 90%. The top 1% paid more than the bottom 90%. How much more would be considered a fair share to a rational person? I believe that most people that hear these wackos say that the rich aren't paying their fair share, really believe that the rich are skating and you're using every loophole in the book, you know, like Joe Biden does and his family does. It's a loophole because it's the law. So if the laws need to be changed, that's great. But this concept that the rich aren't paying their fair share is absolutely not true. It's disingenuous, and it's just another way, as we've talked about a lot before, to separate the rich from the poor, cause strife, separate the black from the white, cause strife, separate the religious from the non-religious, cause strife. Every group you can think of, separate people. And the government wins and the citizens of the country lose. Biden also claimed that it created 6.5 million jobs. He doesn't explain the timing he's using, which is, you know, 6.5 million people were out of jobs because of COVID. And then those restrictions were lifted and they went back to work. That's not creating new jobs, Mr. Biden. I'm sure your people patted you on the head and told you you created those jobs. You did good, Mr. President, they said. Maybe they even gave you a little treat, maybe a little cone, little ice cream to go with your morning meds. I don't know. But that is not actually creating jobs. That is reclaiming, as uh, Maxine Waters would say, reclaiming her time. This was just people who were out of work because of the pandemic when all non-essential stores were basically closed down. These are people that were reclaiming their jobs, going back to work. 
Joe Biden just doesn't get it. He says one of the answers is for people to buy American and not goods from other countries. Well, Mr. President, then stop putting up roadblocks for people to make things in America. The first thing this guy did when he became president was shut down the pipeline. When you shut down the pipeline, that made us once again reliant on oil and energy from other countries where under President Trump, that was not the case. The United States became pretty much energy independent under President Trump. Joe Biden on day one said, oh, my God, that's bad. We got to change that. He totally decimated the energy sector. Now he's buying COVID tests from China. Well, he's not. I don't think Joe's like writing, you know, gets the invoice and sends the check or anything. Although, who knows? They might just want to give him some busy work. But this is the insanity of this is your policies, Mr. President, have made it hard for businesses to thrive and survive even in the United States. So saying that more people should buy American after you just totally killed all of that is uh, a little bit insane. The solution for inflation, according to Joe Biden in the State of the Union speech, was for businesses to lower your costs, not your wages. To lower your costs and not your wages. Well, with energy going up, again, something you did day one in your presidency, Mr. Biden, everything has gone up. Inflation is huge. Price increases on everything are coming now very much in rapid succession, day after day, month after month. There's some Polish sausage that I buy at the grocery store that's some good stuff out of Texas. Brand is Kilbasa or something like that. I know that's also the name a lot of people call Polish sausage and that. Kilbasa out of Texas, good stuff. And there's four sausages in one pack. And the cost on that has gone up from like four, 55 bucks a couple of years ago to seven and a half bucks now. Thanks, Joe. That's great. Everything's going up in value. But then how are people supposed to afford that? You know, how are the companies not supposed to pass that on to you? They're just supposed to increase your wages if you work for the company, and then lower your costs as well, it makes zero sense. Now, just to show you how crazy CNN is at this point still, they had a copy of Biden's speech up along with some fact-checking added. And this is what CNN had to say about Biden's line, lower your costs, not your wages. Fact-check CNN. Inflation is higher than it's been in 40 years and is starting to concern a lot of economists. Hey, well, that's right, CNN. But they add, quote, unfortunately, there is not a whole lot presidents can do about it. Hmm. Sure, CNN. Not a lot. But I mean, under Donald Trump, there was no inflation. Under Donald Trump, there were jobs created. Under Donald Trump, and his policies, the communities that we all say we want to help, the folks like the black community and the Hispanic community, 
were doing better than they had in years. And you know what happened now, Mr. Biden, you came in and your policies that you claim are there to help these disenfranchised communities are actually hurting them. And Joe Biden said yesterday in the State of the Union that he wanted to raise the national minimum wage to $15. Now, people in the cities like New York and Chicago, where they're already there, have to just be like, oh, are you kidding? Because once minimum wage is 15 bucks in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, then it's going to have to be 20, 25 bucks in the city of Chicago because the cost of living is not the same. I don't think Joe understands it costs more to live in some areas than others. Or does he understand that certain jobs just aren't worth $15 an hour because he doesn't want the companies to raise your costs, but then he wants everybody to pay 15 bucks minimum for somebody to come in and clean off the tables or sweep the floors or do whatever job that normally would have gone to a 15, 16 year old kid getting a little bit of experience when your minimum wage is rising higher and higher. This does not help the disenfranchised. The minimum wage does not help those that the leftists say it helps. This is very clear. You can look at the history of the minimum wage and see this. It is a very evil thing. We go back to the Fabian Society in the early 1900s for the origin of the minimum wage. Sidney Webb, a English economist and co-founder of the Fabian Society, believed that establishing a minimum wage above the value of, quote, the unemployables, as he called them, would lock them out of the market, thus eliminating them as a class, making them basically into a class that is reliant on the government because they can never stand on their own two feet. He said, quote, of all ways of dealing with these unfortunate parasites, the most ruinous to the community is to allow them unrestrainedly to compete as wage earners. Again, the concept of the minimum wage from its start was to take people out of the working class. Now we go to the presidency of Woodrow Wilson, one of the worst ever in the history of the United States. His commissioner of labor, Royal Meeker, who was a Princeton economist of the minimum wage, said this, quote, it is better to enact a minimum wage law, even if it deprives these unfortunates of work. Better that the state should support the inefficient wholly and prevent the multiplication of the breed than subsidize incompetence and unthrift enabling them to bring forth more of their kind. Let that sink in. Understand what raising the minimum wage does. Understand what it does to the people who don't have the skills, who may not have the education, who may not be able to compete as well. 
the whole concept was, well, if we raise the price high enough, these people will never be able to get jobs and then they will be reliant on the government. They'll basically be our little pets because we will have to feed them. We will have to take care of them. This is evil. This raising the minimum wage is evil. You have to understand again what the end result is. People are so ignorant, they just hear, oh, raising the minimum wage, that'll help everybody. No, it does not. It actually hurts the people. They pretend it's going to help. It is absolutely evil. And more people need to understand that. And also understand if you're running a hot dog stand and you have to pay every employee 15 bucks an hour, those hot dogs are going to go up in price. It's just the way the system works. There's absolutely no way around that. Joe Biden doesn't understand that. But Joe Biden keeps repeating stuff, as he did in the speech yesterday, saying, quote, anybody making less than $400,000 will not pay a penny more in taxes. Now, this is an absolute lie. This is a very provable lie because, again, Joe Biden, and I guess who's ever writing his speeches, don't understand that words mean things, but I know we're changing that now. That's the new woke way to do things. He may be, could have gotten away with saying anyone making less than $400,000 won't have to pay a penny more in income taxes because that you can at least gauge and have some control over, Mr. President. But the reality is taxes are going up on everything. Taxes are going up on every gallon of gas you put in your car. And people that are making under $400,000 or over $400,000 all pay those taxes. It's just a part of being a part of a society where things cost money. And maybe that's what Joe wants, nothing to cost money anymore. Just go to the government. They'll give you an allotment of how much gas you can have or how much food you can have. But this, to me, felt like a George Bush, the senior moment, when he said that anyone making under $400,000 won't have to pay a penny more in taxes. That should come back to bite Mr. Biden in the ass if the mainstream media would cover it. They won't. So I guess uh, people will continue just applauding their own ignorance like they do with the minimum wage. But Mr. Biden also dropped this bomb in the State of the Union speech, which was, quote, we need to secure our borders. I was like, wait, what? This is not what you want. This is not what your plan is. You immediately on day one, when you took office, Mr. President, you changed the Trump administration policy. Well, you tried to, courts have pushed back on this, the remain in Mexico policy. It is absolutely insane that this guy can get out there and say this stuff and that his nose doesn't immediately start growing. It should. Wouldn't that be great if the world was like Pinocchio? And every time Biden lied, his nose would grow. He wouldn't be able to fit in a room at this point. In the speech, he said, quote, and if we are to advance liberty and justice, we need to secure the border and fix the immigration system. Well, I agree with you there, Mr. President. We do need to secure the border and fix the immigration system. So tell me 
Why on day one did you stop building the wall, Mr. President? Why? If you need to secure the border, wouldn't that have helped? I mean, I know there's not any one solution that is perfect, but wouldn't that have helped? So why is that, Mr. President? Does he know? No. He said, quote, we can do both. At our border, we've installed new technology like cutting-edge scanners to better detect drug smuggling. Um, yeah. How is that working out? How is that working out, Mr. President? It seems that more drugs are coming in now than have come in in decades. You have only about half of the people that attempt to come in having any kind of contact whatsoever with the Border Patrol. There are millions of people coming in who are just not going through any kind of the checkpoints like that. So I don't know what your new high-tech scanners you think are doing, Mr. President, but there are tunnels. There are people using drones to get drugs in. I don't think Joe Biden has a clue what's going on on the border. I mean, I know he put Vice President Harris in charge of taking care of that, but I don't think she's really been down there to see what's going on. I don't think anybody really cares. Joe Biden also said that funding the police is vital, which I'm sure really confused a lot of people who have been watching Democrats say over and over again that the police are evil. We must defund the police. We need to just go to community policing and have social workers, and that's what's going to be great. Yeah, send a bunch of social workers to the south side of Chicago. Tell me what their mental state is in a month, if they're still alive, that is. But Joe Biden coming out and saying that the police are vital, good sign. Saying that we need more funding for the police, I would agree. And I would agree that we need programs in place that when bad cops are found out, because there are bad cops, there are bad presidents, there are bad priests, there are bad school teachers, and there's good of all of those as well. And we need to weed the bad out of the good for the betterment of the country. I believe that. So Joe going against the far left here, which is a sign that they're looking at his polling numbers and realizing with the midterms coming up, people are not enthralled with the far left agenda. If Joe were smart, he would go back to pumping all the oil, reopen the pipelines, do everything he can to go back to what was going on under Donald Trump, which was the energy independence the United States had, and then maybe more people would be able to make products here at a reasonable price, Mr. President, and buying American goods would be something that companies could do and still remain afloat but I don't see him doing that. I do not see him turning back around and saying, hey, you know what? We made a mistake. It was really nice to have all of our own oil rather than having to go to OPEC. He was talking about unleashing some emergency oil funds, which was like enough for a day. It's like, give me a break. Give me a break. Everybody that's paying attention knows you're full of crap. And I bet he knows he's full of crap if he knows at all. I don't know. I don't know if he's just reading the teleprompter, as I started out with, 
It's the fast reading, slurring of the words. He had a little bit more emotion, but does he really understand? I don't know. He said he was going to fight the cost of insulin. It's like, Mr. President, Mr. President, maybe you missed the whole part where President Donald Trump went to bat against Big Pharma, got prescription costs lowered, got insulin prices lowered. You came in with the stroke of a pen and you screwed that up, Mr. President. You did that, Joe. You're the one responsible. This is the greatest thing ever where you could be like, oh, I come in, I make all the problems, and then a year later I tell you I'm going to fix them. But you caused them, Joe. You caused them. It's absolutely insane that presidents like Mr. Biden get away with that. He also said that the right to vote in the United States is under assault. Well, by your party, sir. By people like Mark Zuckerberg throwing millions of dollars into ballot harvesting. There was a story on the heels of all this the last couple of days talking about the fraud they believe they're finding now in Wisconsin because of the Zuckerberg money. And there was some talk that they might decertify the election results. It's, you know, too late in the game for that. Nobody's going back and changing anything, but it would be interesting if there is evidence of this, that it changed the way Wisconsin would have voted. It's important for that to come out. And I hope that it does. And we all need to look at how elections are run and realize that a system where the ballots are just put together willy-nilly, where you don't confirm people are who they say they are, will never be fair, will never be accurate, will never be honest. We need a system where people have to prove who they say they are that does not hinder people from voting, that makes the election results accurate and honest. The states that would enact a voter ID law, I'm fully behind them having to pay for you to get an ID if you don't have one. What's the cost of an ID? Under five bucks? That's a small cost to pay compared to what the United States pays for all sorts of crazy stuff. That is a very small price to pay for a fair, honest, and accurate election. Maybe that's more than we can hope for at this point. It's a very unstable world. And the reality is we just don't know what is happening underneath the surface on so many different levels, which is why it's important to turn over as many rocks as you can. It's important when you look at something like the situation in Ukraine to say, why is this happening? Who is for this and who is for that? And what does that say about what I should believe? It's nearly impossible to get the facts now on almost anything. And that is turning the world into a much more dangerous place, which is why hopefully you're listening to this show, looking for other alternate media sources that will give you the facts as they can be found. Speculation, which tries to put things together, was saying, well, you know, 
this person saying this, this person saying this, this person saying this. And here is what I believe that puzzle puts together, meaning the reality is here. I think we've been right on a lot of the stuff over the past few years that we've been doing the show, which is why we work on the value for value model. You get to decide if you got any value out of the show whatsoever. You can put a number on it that means something to you. Go to our website, Random Thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com slash donate. Click that donate button. Use one of the QR codes if you want to do the crypto thing. Go to the P.O. box if you want to do the snail mail thing. And also, we have an account on Patreon. If you're already there, it's an easy way to get into the ecosystem as well. And of course, if you're listening on a podcasting 2.0 app right now, you can boost us. You can stream us some Satoshis. And if you don't know what any of that means, go to newpodcastapps.com, download one of the apps, and get involved. We do have a few people to thank for today's show, including number one executive producer today, Chudakuki, coming in with $15 as part of a monthly donation that is split between this show. Planet Rage, a show I do with Larry Blinder, which we had a whole lot of fun the other day doing a live show on Sunday with Jennifer Buchanan and John Fletcher. Check that out if you would. Also split among the show I do with Gene Nevtuliev called Unrelenting, unrelenting.show. Planet Rage is planetrage.show. Gene broke down the Ukraine situation better than most. Is he completely right? I don't know but he is a very interesting source being somebody that was born in Russia and has a much greater understanding of what's going on over there than I do. I thought it was a very worthy show for people's time to get a viewpoint on what's going on there. That is not what the mainstream media is telling you. And of course, also Judah cookie that split among the rock and roll pre-show that we do live before no agenda on Thursday and Sunday. Coming in at 666, our buddy Stu Coates over from the UK. He sent a picture the other day where he was drinking a satanic beer and listening to the show. Whatever works. We appreciate the support. We hope everything is good over in the UK. Maybe things are getting back to somewhat normal, which would be nice. Our buddy Sir Truck Driver coming in with 625, which was split between all the aforementioned shows. And we appreciate that as well. Hope everything is good out there on the roads. We know there's uh, some truckers involved in some stuff up in Canada. And now here in the United States, you men and women that are out there on the road and everything in between, don't want to leave anybody out, that keep this country moving, that keep the food getting from point A to point B. If all the truckers were just to say, screw you guys for a week or a month, we would be in so much trouble, so much trouble. So thank you for the job that you do. And they've been out there on the roads through all of the COVID insanity. And it is very much appreciated. Brian Janak and Dennis Woods, both over on Patreon, coming in at $5 a month. That is appreciated. It is a whole lot of fun to do this show. It lets me learn something new every week. It lets me vent when I need to vent. It means a lot when people come in to support the show financially, but I know there's also hundreds of you who support the show by listening to it, giving me your time, 
turning people onto the show. It is all very much appreciated. And I hope everything is good wherever you are. I hope your state of your union is in a little bit better shape than Uncle Joe's was. But with that said, we will be back next week to do another edition of this Random Thoughts podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 